0: Hello everyone, welcome to Sega Saturn Shiro, the only podcast that asks
1: WHAT AM I FIGHTING FOR?
0: I'm Pat, and tonight's Shiros are Claire, Peter, Kay, and of course, myself. So as you guys know, it's going to be our first anniversary coming up. We started last year, um, in September... And it's been really interesting, and I've been really enjoying it. And I think everybody else here really enjoys it as well. It's been a fantastic road, and I think we've accomplished quite a lot in just a year's time. Imagine what's going to be in another 10 years. going to control the world. We'd also like to give a belated birthday to Claire. Well, I mean, belated as the cast drops. I think this records... Right before her birthday, so it's an early birthday for us, but belated when this drops. Everyone uh, give Claire a belated happy birthday. Uh, do we want to all sing happy birthday to Claire?
2: Yeah,
3: that sounds fun.
0: Awesome. All right, you guys ready? All right. One, two, three, Go. Happy birthday to Claire! Happy birthday to Claire! Happy birthday to
3: Claire! Happy birthday
4: to Claire! Woo! All
0: right, well, that's going to be the final version. I'm not. We're not doing that again. That's that's final.
3: <laughs> that, was so that was
2: beautiful, fun. guys. Thank you.
0: <laughs> awesome.
3: I needed that. Oh, my God. I forgot about how bad the delay was the last time we all got together and played music. This is
0: amazing. Cast (laughs) is already best cast of the century. Nay, the millennia. We'd also like to congratulate Dave on his newborn baby girl, who was born on August 15th of 2018. Wish all his family congratulations and well wishes in the future. Hey everybody, it's been a while since I've joined you all
1: on the cast. I actually played through the original Tomb Raider on Saturn. I thought it was really great, but it did get really glitchy at the end there, so that was an interesting experience. I want to mention real quick is my controllers are all, you know, 20 years old, and they're starting to get sticky buttons. So I'm really looking forward to the uh, upcoming Retrobit controllers.
2: I have had two super exciting additions to my Panzer Dragoon collection since the last time. I spoke with all you guys. Around the time of the 20th anniversary, whenever the Resurrection Arrangement album was released, my best friend Carrie and my other friend Olivier from Panzer Dragoon World were working together with Brave Wave, who is the production company behind the Resurrection album, to gift me a copy of Resurrection signed by the series composer. Guys, I have to tell you, when I opened this package that I found in my mailbox, I thought my heart was going to explode. I I can't say how much it meant to me and how humbled I was that my friends went to the trouble to get me this copy of the CD. And I'm just so happy to have it. That's amazing. Yeah, it totally is. The other pickup that I had in the Panzer Realm was the Panzer Dragoon Orta hologram card from the 2002 Tokyo Game Show. And that was gifted to me by Morgan Patrick of the Junkyard for my birthday. So I want to say thank you to Morgan and to Carrie and to Olivier and everyone else who has helped me build my Panzer collection. I'm super grateful for your generosity because this series means a lot to me.
0: Nice, that's amazing. Big shouts out, guys.
2: So what have you been up to?
0: I've been up to quite a lot since the last update. Of course, I've been playing Magic Knight Ray Earth, as you probably guys could see from the, uh, the anime streams with Claire. So that's been a lot of fun. I really haven't had time to hop into RPG, so I've been playing that alongside Persona 5. So I just get hammered with requests. Oh, have you played Persona 5? Have you played Persona 5? So... I finally, got, I finally got a copy, and I got a certain system that I'll like to talk the pains about to play Persona 5. One of the biggest things I, I got recently was a PS4 Pro, the 500 million edition. As maybe some of you guys know from the last anime stream, I had issues finding it. I was on the ball each and every time, ready for the pre-orders on Amazon, GameStop, and every single time, within seconds, it sold out. So I didn't get a chance at all to get the system. But luckily, I had somebody that was nearby that wasn't asking too much for it, so I went and picked it up, and I'm a happy owner of a PS4 Pro 500 million edition. I think it's number 37,500 and something. It's Some of that number. I-, I like 37, so I'm just happy I got that number. I didn't get any crazy numbers like one or one, two, three, four, five over the, the release date, but to be honest, at this point I'm just I'm just happy I own it because it's just been a pain.
2: Yeah, well, congrats on that pickup pack, because that is a beautiful console. I hadn't even seen it when you first told me about it, but when I saw the pictures you posted, I was wowed. So I'm really glad you got your hands on one.
0: Yeah, it was really great and I'm I'm really happy to have it. For for those of you that don't know, it's like a royal blue transparent system with royal blue controllers and mics so it's really cool and i've been playing a little bit of persona and i actually picked up a couple a couple games i picked the dot hack gu uh, remaster and sword art so i'm gonna be happy to play those alongside uh, magic knight ray earth and finally finishing persona 5 i really want to finish persona 5 so badly (laughs) but besides that, that that's about it Let's talk about what's new in the world of the Saturn. Let's start off with the Sonic Z-Stream, probably could use a catch your name. So a user XL2 has developed a playable build or Sonic Xtreme and made a recreation of that.
1: You know, I'm a pretty big Sonic fan and this sort of caught me off guard. I didn't even know that this project did.
0: Although I've done a bit of research now and
1: it looks like XL2 has been working on this since at least last year. But all of a sudden it popped up and he had a playable demo at the SAGE 2018. And SAGE is the Sonic Amateur Games Expo. So he had a playable build that you could actually play on real, actual Saturn hardware a link to be able to download this demo so of course i downloaded it i burned it and to my shock and surprise i was playing what was essentially sonic extreme on my actual sega saturn so that was pretty amazing for me personally um what the demo consists of is four levels relatively i would say medium length Levels are actually taken from the work that Christian Sen did way back in the day, and he was one of the actual Sonic Extreme games. So we've got levels like Jade Gully and Crystal Frost, and you can bomb around the levels, and they're pretty faithful recreations of what Christian put up on YouTube years and years ago. XL2 has managed to add some enemies into it as well, so you can actually run around in enemies, you can collect rings, you can do all the normal stuff that you can in a Sonic game, and once you complete the fourth level, it just loops back and you go back to level one. So, it's obviously just a demo but it's amazing to me the uh, work that's gone into it. He's been using the Sega graphics library to be able to pull off some of the effects, and he's even been able to hit 60 frames per second in certain sections, too much going on on the screen. So for one person doing all this coding, it's pretty phenomenal what he's been able to accomplish, and I'm certainly looking forward to more.
0: So was this ever playable in any form on the Saturn, or was it all exclusively on emulation?
1: Build has ever been publicly released that's been playable on the Saturn except for that short Jade Gully demo that was based on a completely different engine, but this is definitely the first time, at least that I'm aware of, that it's playable on real hardware. That's
0: amazing.
3: There are two known Sonic Extreme demos. Uh, one of them was using the completely different engine, and one of them was using the engine that was discovered, what, about two years ago? And that actually was ported to real hardware. There's a huge threat on that on Assembler. Nice. Do we know
1: whether the demo that's just surfaced is using that, that recently discovered engine?
3: Yeah, I think it is using the, the recently discovered engine, not the older one.
0: It's amazing. I mean, what, a couple of years ago, we just knew it existed, but now we have videos, playable demos, and even playable demo on the Saturn. I mean, it's just flabbergasting how far we've come in the Saturn community with getting this stuff on board and getting this stuff playable.
3: I think what was really interesting about this particular project is that it has essentially taken the spirit and, you know, the concept of Sonic Extreme based on levels that we've seen and, you know, what was built into the, at least the second engine that was released to the public. And it's still, yet yeah, essentially an amateur homebrew game. Just to me, that's you know, really phenomenal.
0: Just a matter of time till we get that Shenmue demo, right? So why don't we move on to the next topic that I think everyone's really talking about in the Siren community, which is the Retro-Bit controllers at GamesCon. So as you guys know, Retrobit announced that they showed off not only the Genesis controller, but the Saturn controllers as well, both the wired and unwired. And from what I've seen, I believe they showed off the Skeleton Saturn. And the cool thing is it actually has analog sticks on it. So now people can actually potentially play Knights with it if, if it's enabled that way. Uh, do you guys know if there's any confirmation of that? They could potentially be working with the uh, Knights and the Dreams or the other analog supported games? I've not heard
1: anything either way but I know just like you Pat that's got to be the million dollar question for a lot of Saturn fans at the moment it doesn't look like retrobridge's got any plans to do an actual 3d analog pad like it existed back in the day but if they can get this sort of new hybrid version working then that may be just as well but no information so far
0: I, I just think it's funny how it looks so much like the the April Fool's prank that was put up earlier about the Saturn controllers that were made by apid doe I thought that was kind Kind of funny how it looks almost like that hopefully we'll be able to get that so that way we don't have to worry about a 3d controller we can just use the analogs on the saturn only time will tell i suppose they announced the release date should be sometime in november keep your eyes peeled out for it and we will definitely be doing a review on it and giving you guys the 411 on the way the controller is and how it works
3: Coming out of left field, Nintendo Life reported that a new Sega Saturn dialed Bluetooth controller was coming out, and this is the Sega smartphone controller for Android. I had not even heard anything about this product being in development. Review came out yesterday, about uh, 8 in the morning. And it's being marketed uh, and released in Europe. It looks like it was created by third parties related to the Sega Forever push, where they're doing you know, mostly Genesis and Mega Drive games on the Android platform. Uh, reviews are actually not very good at all, so this seems to be a misstep. And I'm almost wondering if it was released as a result of the hype around the RetroBit controllers in Gamescom. Whichever way we're looking at it, there is going to be a lot of Saturn controllers out and about in the world. We'll have a link to the review by Nintendo Life in the links with this podcast.
0: Yeah, that's kind of a bummer. I was really hoping, really having high hopes for it. So is it really just a Bluetooth or is it specifically for Android smartphones?
3: I'm assuming that it's being marketed for Android because it is you know from the Sega Forever, that side of Sega that's just re-releasing you know Genesis games. I'm assuming that because it's a Bluetooth device it should be able to work with any Bluetooth, but if I remember correctly they said that it was not available for the iPhone or iOS.
0: Bummer. So uh, the people that use Sega Forever on the iOS are pretty much out of luck at that point, right?
3: Yeah, at least with this, you know, option, but reality is, is that if RetroBit's controllers are even half as good as they're supposed to be, it would blow this out of the water. The one thing that this product has, which I thought was kind of interesting, is that it's got a holder for your smartphone so you can play whatever game, like I'm looking at a picture of Streets of Rage playing on a smartphone being held by the holder attached to the Saturn controller Well, their Bluetooth replica of a Saturn controller. It doesn't look too bad, but the reviews are pretty
0: scathing. So maybe Palmer. not a
3: product we want to get just just yet.
0: So as you guys know, LRG, uh, Limit Run Games, announced that they were coming out with Saturn cases. like the, the replacement cases for Saturn Sega CD PS1 came up a little bit early, a uh, about a month or two ago. And yours truly was able to pick up a couple and really just want to give my opinion on that. To be frank, it's a Sega Saturn case. I didn't notice anything different from a normal case. The only biggest issue with it is that the CD holder itself doesn't have the CD logo on it. So it's exact besides that for, of course, legal reasons. But in all honesty, I used basically my old CD holders in my original Sega Saturn cases, and they worked well. The only downside that I ran into was that it doesn't hold multiple disc games as well. So things like D or Panzer Dragoon Saga, it will just fall out like the other cases that were put on Amazon. I talked to one of the guys that runs uh, Limited Run Games about this, and he told us that yes, the cases that I got were a little bit weaker, and the acrylic ones that they're releasing at a later date will have that strength to be able to hold all the discs in there without any issue. And the cool thing is that ones coming later will also have different case designs and different colors to it, so... If you guys were interested in some of those things or for repros or just for giggles, look forward to that. They never put up a release date for the newer ones as the site that they set up was just a temporary holder one that they were testing, but unfortunately the people uh, found the links and bought a bunch of them up and luckily they fulfilled the orders in a quickly and timely manner. Hopefully we'll be able to get those in and try the acrylic ones and give you a an update on how those hold the multiple disc games. What do you guys think about the cases?
1: really looking forward to see how they stack up against the other ones from amazon from a few months ago i was able to get in on those and i would agree that they weren't maybe the best cases but for just holding games on a uh, shelf i thought they were just fine curious to see how the lrg ones will stack up because i know that there was a lot more development that went into them so i'm excited.
0: Alright, guys, so now that we finished up the news and gave you the 411 on the Saturn, why don't we move on to our main topic, which is, of course, as the title says, Mega Man slash Rockman perspective. So, as you guys know, years ago, before the Saturn was a thing, Sega and Capcom signed an agreement to release Mega Man and Capcom games on the Genesis along with the NES and Super Nintendo. So, that agreement got shifted up to not only the Saturn but the Dreamcast. And of course, we've got four great games that came on Saturn. Of course, we got Rockman slash Mega Man X4 and Mega Man slash Rockman 8 in the US. But we also got Mega Man X3 in both Europe and Japan. Why don't we give a little retrospective on our own Mega Man experiences in the past? Peter, would you like to start us off?
1: Sure. So it may actually surprise folks to hear that I'm not well-versed in Mega Man at all. Prior to the Saturn games, I've never played a Mega Man game, and that's a weird admission for me. I've seen other people play them, I've read about them, but I've just never had the opportunity to get into them. So Mega Man 8 for me was my very first go-around with Mega Man, and, you know, it was pretty neat, it was impressive. What really jumped out for me was how colourful the game was. How responsive it was, and I really just enjoyed it. It was fun.
0: Nice. I'll give my sort of perspective on it. My first Mega Man game I played personally was Mega Man X5 on the PS1. A couple of cousins came over with a PS1 and they brought that over, and I just couldn't stop playing it. It was fantastic, and I fell in love with Mega Man. My first Mega Man game I actually owned was Mega Man X4 on the PS1, and that game was also fantastic. Voice acting was eh, but it is what it is. Eventually, I ended up playing first four Mega Man games on the NES and beating it. And I, I just love the game series. I love the character. And I just love how it's just gameplay and go.
2: So I'm kind of like Peter, only a bit worse, actually. I actually had not played anything in this series myself prior to us choosing this cast topic. I watched people play the games growing up. My cousins were big Mega Man fans, but I had never picked up the controller on my own. And that's probably because I'm not super into 2D games, much less 2D platformers. And I struggled a bit this week with our games. I don't know. It was still fun.
3: So joining us tonight to speak specifically on Mega Man and you know the Rockman series, we have Game Master Chaz and David Hickman. Welcome to the cast, guys. How are you doing?
4: Hello. Doing well. Thanks for having me. Pretty good. Happy to be here.
3: So, Chaz, you want to give us a little bit brief background on your history with Mega Man? Sure. My
5: tale starts off, I want to say, in 2006, when a close buddy of mine introduced me to Mega Man X1 on the Super Nintendo. That was my first real exposure to Mega Man, despite having known the series as long as I did. I had never touched it until that point. And when I started playing it, all of the sensations that makes Mega Man as addictive as it is pretty much hit me all at once at the same time you know the fast gameplay the uh, the constant shooting the wall jumping the bullet dodging the dashing the air dashing you know it was you know it's it's some sort of scientific phenomenon that triggers the brain and uh, makes me go off on a real high if, if you get what i'm saying That was the first one I played and played it from start to finish, 100% all the items. And it reminded me a lot of uh, Demon's Crest, which is what I played first on the Super Nintendo before Mega Man X. Because Demon's Crest actually borrows a lot of elements from the Mega Man X games. And then I went on to X2, X3, and then X4. And I later went back and went with the classic series, Mega Man 1 through 6 on NES. And I stuck with the X franchise more. The X franchise clicked with me more than the classic series did. I still like the classic, though. That's pretty much my story
2: there.
3: Alright, Hickman, why don't you tell us a little bit about your Mega Man experience?
4: Sure, so I ended up with Mega Man 2 on the NES growing up and played the heck out of that, but never actually beat it until much, much later, because those games were not not easy. Um we ended up playing one through six multiple times, but I only ever owned two. Got into X much later on the computer. More recently, uh, I did a lot of speedrunning and managed to make it all the way to... I'm checking now. The leaderboard has gone completely crazy as of late. 88 for Mega Man 2, any percent, zipless, which means that you don't actually use any zips. You don't use any, basically, like, screen sheets glitching through walls. Uh, when I first started doing it at uh, this exact same time, I was actually at in the mid-60s, but it's kind of exploded.
0: You'll get ETH eventually. I know right.
4: you Right. No, no, I haven't. I've raced you the guys the who best. are eight. Um, but no, I, I've I've loved the heck out of Mega Man. On my desk at work, I have probably twenty different figurines. Um, right now, I have Mega Man Two, Rockman Two, Rockman Three, etc. I like the X series, and after being invited to come do this, I started playing more. We just recently beat X1 and played some of X3 and X4, and I'm realizing that I missed out completely and need to jump right back into these because they're fantastic. Different from the classic series, I'm probably the exact opposite of Chaz. I prefer the classic over the X series, but having beaten all of the classic series, I need to jump on this and and Plow through the X ones now.
0: Nice. What would you guys recommend, being Mega Man experts, on getting good with Mega Man? Any like secrets or tips and tricks for us guys that aren't the best at it?
5: Patience and don't throw your controller.
0: Uh... <laughs> well, I'm I'm already uh, breaking that rule, so I probably got to fix that.
5: Memorization is also a helpful tip. Of course, that's not going to come at you all at once.
4: Oh yeah, and then just practice, practice, practice. I mean, I spent a good three hours straight practicing one small section on Heat Man's level so I could go ahead and reliably do a trick. Not that you'd need that just for a casual playthrough, but just playing it enough that you don't have to think about having to charge or dash or wall jump makes it a lot
5: easier. What will also help make it easier is if you enjoy playing it. If you want to play it, practicing it will be easier for it, for you because you want to get good at it because you're enjoying it. But of course, whether or not you enjoy it, that all depends on how you feel about it.
0: I gotcha. So
3: before we jump into the individual games here, I want to mention something that Master Hickman had not relayed. Dave Hickman and I have been friends for quite a number of years, and I remember going over to his house one afternoon and looking through uh, his Nintendo games, and there... Fully boxed was what's considered by most Nintendo collectors a treasure, and that was a complete inbox copy of Mega Man Five. Yep, and this was you know like holy grail material for you know um, people who are NES collectors. And I would, you know, I was trying to to get a complete set because you know my I, I want to have my daughter play you know all the classic games and just kind of have an evolutionary thing. But my good friend Dave Hickman here, he went ahead and swapped me. A copy of Mega Man Two for his inbox copy Mega Man. Wait, was it two or was it three? Two. It was two uh, for his inbox copy of five. And that's insane. I, I will owe him many times over <laughs> as a result. Uh, two friend. and
4: three. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess I like K a lot too, but no, two and three are my favorites. So. That, that was actually kind of a no-brainer.
0: Nice. Is there a reason why uh, Mega Man 5 is a lot rarer than 6?
3: I couldn't tell you. I'm not that much of an NES person these days. I gotcha. I
0: always thought that was really weird, because I always noticed that 5 had a higher price tag than 6 usually does. Uh, you'd think it'd be opposite, right?
5: I have an educated guess, but I can't prove it, if you want me to elaborate. Go for it. Well, if you look on the back of the box... Of the, of the American releases of 5 and 6, if you look at the barcode, the first three numbers are 13388. Those are the numbers that Capcom uses when they issue a game in the United States. However, in Mega Man 6, that game was actually issued by Nintendo themselves, which is evidenced by the 45496 in the UPC number. So my educated guess is, Mega Man 6 likely came directly out of Nintendo's factory plant which could have resulted in 6 getting a higher production run than Capcom did, with Nintendo owning the plant which manufactured the cartridges. And that's only an educated guess. I don't have any proof of that. So your
4: educated guess also backs up the fact that that's right around the same time period that Nintendo was pushing, like, let's make Nintendo, like, fantastically great. You know, this is kind of the end run of that series. And so 6, I think, got more attention. That
5: would make sense. 6 actually did have a brief appearance in a television ad for when the top loading NES was introduced. Nice. nice. So, yes, yeah, that, that definitely ties in. Yeah, so, it, yeah, you know what? It could be very possible. Again, I can't prove it. I'm just theorizing.
0: I gotcha. With that, let's move on to our first game of the cast uh, Mega Man slash Rockman 8.
5: I would like to start off with, with by saying that the Mega Man 8 cutscenes, I can't get enough laughs out of it.
0: Uh, what do you mean?
5: They never cease to stop being funny to me. They are just so hilariously bad, they're great. They're <laughs> They're probably my favorite thing about the game.
0: For those of you that don't know, Mega Man 8 has the worst voice acting of any game, period. Like, not cheesy like Resident Evil... Like awful. Like I could not find a laugh out of it. It got it's so bad that the person that voices Doctor Light messes up a line, and instead of doing another take, he just continues like, "Oh, did I make a Mega Man?" So it leads to recou- hilariousness.
5: We must recover all the energy immediately, M- Mega Man.
0: Exactly, like that.
5: That's a good question.
0: But what do you think about in terms of the game itself? The gameplay. I will be fair
5: with you all. The only exposure that I have to the game is watching my same buddy I mentioned earlier play it. I watched him play it and as fun as it was to watch I can't say the same about as having played it as, you know, fair confession I have not had a fair exposure to Mega Man 8 like I've had to the other classics. The only one I can speak even less about is Mega Man 7. I've only even seen, I've seen maybe a few screenshots of that game with video clips here and there, but unfortunately I'm not as well educated about 8 as I probably should be.
4: So, and in my personal opinion, you aren't actually missing a whole lot by 7. That's like my least favorite out of any of the 1 through 8s.
5: I do hear that a lot, and so it does kind of boggle my mind that the Super Nintendo version, our American version, sells for stupid money. I mean, if the game's horrible, why do you want it so bad?
4: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe right. because versions of it don't exist anymore. People are just like, eh, whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, they just threw it out and like, oh, wait a minute, that's rare. <laughs> All right.
0: Would you like to give your, your take on it, Dave? Sure. So
4: Mega Man 8 was one of the first probably three games I ever played on the Saturn. The first being uh, Shining Force 3, because that was the whole reason I bought my Saturn. And I didn't actually realize that, like, I went from 2 and, you know, 2, 3, 4, 5, etc. And then playing X on the computer to 8. And I'm like, holy mother of, this is amazing. Here's, I have a Mega Man anime. There's this flashy music. There's voices oh my god, there's voices, no matter if they're terrible, oh my god, there's voices. It was amazing. I played the living heck out of this game. It's it's a lot of gameplay.
0: Nice. <laughs> I definitely agree with you. I love the game, I think. Did that actually come out before X4, or was that actually the first voice acting in a Mega Man game, period?
4: It was before X4. I think it came out after X3. I was looking at that earlier.
0: I gotcha. So then it's officially the first voice acting in a Mega Man game, right?
5: As far as I know. Would you like the release dates? I have them here. Sure. The Japanese release of uh, Mega Man 8 or Rockman 8 was December 17th, 1996 on the PlayStation. And the Saturn version in Japan got released on a couple months later, January 17th, 1997. And if we go by X4, that came August 1st, ninety seven, in Japan on the PlayStation And the Saturn version of X4, sorry, I'm hopping around here with my mouse, that came out in Japan, oh, the same date, August 1st, 1997. So yes, Mega Man 8 does predate it.
3: So, I'm not much of a... Mega Man. I really have a rough time with it. I'm not very good, as Dave will attest to. The one thing that I'm pretty decent at at doing is finding obscure facts. And in relation to Mega Man 8, there are a few extras that that the Saturn version had that the PlayStation version does not have. It's considered to have slightly better graphics and Tengu Men's stage has completely different music from the PlayStation version. Uh, Plus there's also uh, bonus options to be able to view artwork in the anime separately that the PlayStation version doesn't have. With more information, I believe uh, Peter...
1: So, you know, I would agree that there's a couple of extra features in the Saturn game, notably those, what you just mentioned, Kay, the cameos by from Mega Man 1 and 2. And those don't exist in the PlayStation version. And what happens is, uh, when you defeat those cameo bosses you get bolts and in the game you can collect bolts and ultimately trade them in for permanent abilities in the playstation version the bolts that you would get from having defeated these two enemies they're just actually hidden in other parts of the game so you still have the same number of bolts but you don't get to fight the two cameo bosses from from previous games so you know that's definitely unique to the saturn version my experience with Mega Man 8, I've actually played through, I'm going to say, almost all of it. And as my very first Mega Man game, I thought it was a lot of fun. So it was—it did test me quite a bit in terms of platforming. I've, I haven't been used to playing Mega Man games, so it was a neat sort of first, first dive into the series. Like I mentioned earlier, I was really taken with the graphics. I thought they were really colorful. The colors really popped. And I thought that the voice acting, like I know both Pat and Chaz, you know, weren't too keen on it. I thought it was actually okay. It reminded me of like a really cheesy sort of Saturday cartoony type of situation. I didn't mind it too much. But that said, you know, I don't have experience with too many other Mega Man Mm games. That I want to mention that I thought was extremely frustrating about this game is there are two sections in this game where Mega Man is on a sort of a sled slash hoverboard. And that hoverboard moves on its own, and so the only uh, the only ways that you can control Mega Man at this point is to either make him jump or duck, and then you can sort of move him forward and backwards along the screen as the screen auto scrolls. And then you've got a very annoying voice that sort of prompts you to either jump or to duck just before obstacles hit at you, and it's one of those one-hit kill situations, and that is an extremely frustrating section to get through, and it happens in two different parts in the game, and to me that's a Real unbalance of you know difficulty because otherwise the game is paced pretty nicely in terms of difficulty. But when you hit those slide stages, you just want to rip your hair out. It's it's really really tough. So uh, that's sort of my general takeaway with uh, Mega Man Eight. Jump, jump, slide, slide. Oh my goodness! <laughs> that was that was the worst.
4: And you beat you beat the ice stage you beat that one first and then you're like okay great we're fine and then you get into the wily levels and then you have to do it again
1: in a lava level and it looks really cool but jump jump slide slide and you know you just want to throw throw your controller and be done with it
0: throw throw and break break it across (laughs) the screen that is 100 accurate yeah that's one of the biggest issues I had with a lot of these Mega Man games, and it happened some places in Mega Man Eight. I ran at the, um, the first boss you're supposed to beat in order. I think it was like Air Man or something. It's the one that that jumps down and throws the air the the air things and sucks you up. Where it either sends you to the edge of the level or it sends you up in the air and he just strikes you. Do you guys know who, which boss that one was? I I think it was like Air Man or something like that.
4: Thinking you're talking Tango Man because he had the wind, the tornado hold.
0: Yeah, it was Tango Man. Had those those tornado holds and that just. I, like, kept dying. Like, he, the ones that send you to the edge, I just couldn't get in time, and that was a bit frustrating. But all in all, out of all of them, I think it was one of the easiest versus the the other three, especially X3. And like I was saying before, the worst voice acting in any Capcom game, and potentially any game, just because of the I-don't-care vibe we I got from the voice acting in the game. But luckily there's a solution, and that is to play Rockman 8 instead. And the cool thing about it is that, is that I just like the voice acting a little bit more. The characters are more fitting and it seems like more intense, like more serious instead of a Saturday morning cartoon. But that just might be my view on games and my, just my opinion on that. I know Peter likes the voice acting a lot, likes it for that Saturday morning feel, at least.
4: You know, I think that actually is a really good point. To me, 1 through 8 really feel kind of like a kid's game. Not kid's game easy or anything else, but it was a little bit more anime, a little bit more cutesy in some parts, right? And then you get into the X games where it is super serious and I've got this really killer, crazy-looking armor and I'm flying through and everything is much you know, tougher seeming, whereas 8 did seem like the end of the kids' era, so to speak.
0: Yeah, and I definitely love the art style of it. I think it's probably the most beautiful Mega Man game in that PS1 era. It's very colorful, it's very fluid. It's like watching a cartoon, almost, and it gives me the, that Cuphead vibe. Or, actually, it probably should be the opposite way around, but... <laughs> But I really, I just love the fluidity of the animation. And I was wondering if you guys felt the same way.
4: Oh yeah, other than the fact that it felt just a little bit slower. I think that was my biggest complaint about 7 and 8. But that's coming from, I played a lot more of 2 and 3. Particularly 2, where if I died, it was my fault. Not because of lag, or not because Mega Man just walks a little bit slower. The animation was super smooth, but it was like, I don't know. 90%
0: speed versus 100% speed to me. Now we talked about Mega Man slash Rockman 8, why don't we move on to Rockman slash Mega Man X3. Peter, would you like to start us off?
1: Sure thing. So first of all, I just want to call out that recently our Game Master Chaz did a full playthrough of Free, and I thought he was just brilliant at the gameplay. So if you have an opportunity, please, I do encourage you to check that out. I think it's fantastic. That said, Mega Man X3 did not get a release in North America, so it's a Japan and Europe only release. And it's got some funny stuff going on. So first of all, most noticeably, it's got borders, you know, not just on the left and on the right, but also upper and lower borders. And so I I did a bit of research into this. And initially, I thought that this was because it was just a straight Super NES port as the game first released on the Super NES. But that turned out to be not entirely accurate. You know, this situation sort of reminded me of the way that... Symphony of the Night was ported over from PlayStation to Saturn. It was just sort of a quick and dirty sort of port in the sense that Mega Man X3 on Saturn used a lot of the art assets from Mega Man X3 on the Super NES. And the issue there is that the lowest possible resolution for the Saturn is still higher than the resolution that the game ran on on the SNES and so Capcom could have you know taken the time to sort of fill out those graphics but instead they just decided to stick borders so I don't want to say that it's a direct exact port because there isn't any uh Super NES code really sort of running in the background or anything but a lot of the art assets from Super NES were used on both the Saturn and the PlayStation 1 version and you know that's why we've got the the borders
0: yeah Yeah. And I I definitely got that vibe as well playing it where it felt like a Super Nintendo game versus a Saturn game. It just it didn't fit in with the games such as Mega Man 8 or Mega Man X4. It felt last gen. And that's sort of the biggest issue I had with it as well.
5: I did briefly mention that when I think when I was running the game, I said something to the effect of, I know I'm in 4-3 mode, what are those borders doing there?
0: (laughs) Borders for the borders.
5: Yeah, exactly. Was it possible for them to properly adjust the resolution for the Saturn, or was it just not technically feasible so they threw the borders in?
4: I would imagine that they could have totally stretched it out. I think it's just a matter of they were trying to keep as many sprites as... That that would be my understanding of what my limited research has shown up. I just yeah. wondered if you if you happen to
5: know.
2: The interesting thing, Chaz, is that the PS1 version uses that same aspect ratio or stretched image as the Super Nintendo. There's no borders in the PS1 version. Really? Yeah.
5: So is it just a blank empty space or is it filled out?
2: No, it's filled out like the Super Nintendo. My understanding is that it had to do with the way that the Super Nintendo rendered individual pixels, that the PS1 could recreate that while the Saturn could not.
0: I gotcha. Nintendo um.
1: game ran at 256 by 224 resolution, and that the Saturn draws at the lowest at 320 by 240 And I, I'm fairly positive that the PS1's low resolution is a lot closer to the Super NES one, so that's why I'm wondering whether they simply just ported a lot of the art assets over and you know, stuck borders in as opposed to, you know, fill out the screen with additional graphics. Watching
4: them side by side, the PlayStation 1 does look a little bit more pixelated, so to speak. So that makes sense.
0: I
2: gotcha. All right. So as I was doing my research on this game, the one thing I noticed is that fans are extremely divisive whenever it comes to the soundtracks that were used in the Super Nintendo and the Saturn versions of this game. The music itself is the same, but the arrangements are different. And it seems to be a thing where people don't really like both. They either really love one and hate the other, or, you know, vice versa, depending on which version they maybe played first, who knows. But the interesting thing is that the composer for the Super Nintendo version of the game did not return to rearrange the soundtrack for the Saturn. And of course, It was kind of necessary, I think, for the Saturn port to have the rearranged soundtrack because they went with Redbook audio. So I'm not sure how well the Super Nintendo's soundtrack would have translated over. But it was interesting to me that they went with a different arranger entirely, and maybe that's why there's such a disparity between the musical styles in both games. But i kind of like to know what you guys think about it. Like, which version of the soundtrack do you prefer? I can (laughs) chime
0: in. (laughs) Okay, go for it. Go for it, Chess.
5: I am pro-SNES, anti-Saturn with the music, uh, bar none. That may relate to the fact that I played the Super NES version first, and then the Saturn version afterwards. But even when making the comparison, I really enjoyed, you know, the gritty, raunchy sound that that the Super Nintendo version's music had. You know, just, just those, you know, that hard, raw guitar sound, which seems to be absent from the Saturn version and more compellingly is that uh, Toshihiko Horiyama is, is the person's name. You said that they did not return. Is that a he or a she? The composer.
2: Wait, are you asking me? Uh, anybody who
0: knows.
5: Uh, is that is that a man or a woman?
0: Can you give me the name again?
5: Uh, Toshihiko Horiyama. Maybe just go with they and move on? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. <they laughs> yeah. Yeah, they didn't return to, for the like you said, Claire, apparently uh, that person did not return to do the arrangement themselves. Which kind of makes sense for why the, the opinion is so divided. If it if it didn't have their original involvement,
0: I gotcha. Going to that, did you want What was your experience with X three? Chance. Uh, I actually really do like X three a lot more than
5: than other people do. I know there's also something of a divide in the in the Mega Man X community. Some people really like three. Some people don't like it so much. I'm one of those folks that did really like it. Where the, the whole execution of the game, flowing through the levels and fighting the bosses, it just really clicked me. So I enjoy it a lot because it's, you know, it's a nice, it's a nice little quick vacation to just get lost in that game and just run right through it. But in particular, I was pretty disappointed in myself with with how I played the Saturn version because I know I'm a lot better at it. I prefer running the Super NES version myself if I can help it because as much as I love the Saturn controller, that for me doesn't translate well with when playing Mega Man X4 or even X3 because I like to set the buttons up the way the PlayStation or the Super Nintendo controller is. How it's a cross ergonomic style. And that always worked really well with me when I'm, you know, wall jumping, air dashing, holding a charge, you know, multitasking, doing many things at once, which is what uh, led me to losing at least one life against Tunnel Rhino, which almost never happens under the proper circumstances. But I'm still glad that I played X3 on the Saturn at least, because while it was a different controller and different music, the game was overall the same. It was all still there. There were a few sound effects here and there that were different, but, you know, overall, as much as I still prefer the Super NES version, the Saturn version still passes for what it is.
3: So just doing a, a quick look up on that, um, X3's original composer was Kinuyo Yamashita, and she created all the music and converted the data and for that in her leisure. I don't know who it was who ended up doing the arranged music for the Saturn, though.
0: I gotcha. All right. What about you, Dave? What was your experience playing the game? Do you have any thoughts on it?
3: So I didn't
0: play this until
4: much more recently, and I never played the the Super Nintendo. I actually never owned a Super Nintendo. I kind of missed out there. That was the end of high school. Well, I guess the middle and the end of high school. But anyway, I enjoyed it. I'm not nearly as good with the X series as I am with the Classic series. I'm finding a lot. It's kind of like if you played Mario three and then went to Mario sixty four, and Mario sixty four is a lot more parkour and jump, jump here, you know, and do a backflip here, that sort of thing. The X-Series is a lot like that as well, whereas classic Mega Man, especially the original trilogy, there's some jumping, there's movement, there's timing, but with the X-Series, there's the dash, there's the jump, there's the wall jump, etc., and it's, it's kind of a different paradigm to have to get used to. The borders really don't bother me as much. I mean, they stand out initially, but you play it enough, and it, it almost feels like, I don't want to say it belongs there, but it doesn't feel like it's it's a terrible thing. So yeah, it that... never
0: really bothered me much when I played it as well. It, it just seemed like it was there as a, one of those things that you just like zone out of after a while. Exactly. I can,
5: and it's... I actually feel the same way Believe it, now that now that you mention it. And it's nice that they changed the borders up depending on what level you were in. Exactly. If it were just black the whole time, that, that would
4: probably be terrible, but the fact that it changes with the scene, it feels like it fits in, so it's, it's not really a detractor there. I think the thing that really sticks with me, and I need to go back and actually finish the game at this point, is that Stupid tiger. I don't know why he flies with his tail, but you ever notice he actually wiggles his tail while he's flying through the air? Uh, yes, I do know that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I I get get a terrible case of the giggles every single time he's on screen. Yeah, that's my weak point.
0: I gotcha. Yeah,
4: Bending Blade, and you'll be all set. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I think it's kind of amusing that the X series in general, I'd mentioned this earlier, where the X series feels more like the adult version of Mega Man and the 138 was kind of the kid version. It does have
5: a more mature feel. Yeah, I agree with you there. It
4: does. And other than the fact that the quote-unquote adult version then, if we're going to use that that naming schema, uses all animals for their bosses. You know, you've got crawfish crawfish, and you've got armadillos and you've got rhinos and stuff, whereas the original ones was just, well, we're just going to kill you with flames or or ice or whatever. We're all just men and women.
0: We'll shoot scissors at you. Exactly. In terms of my experience with, with X3, straight up, I'm awful. I was awful at it. I couldn't beat the easiest boss. It was the one that Chaz first tried against in his stream, the first one he went up against. I tried him initially. Uh, I think it was the tunnel one, and I just got clobbered. Tunnel Rhino, yeah. Tunnel Rhino. I got clobbered so badly. I, first, I couldn't figure it out, but I rebounded my dash to X for an easy easy dash and shoot. But I realized the error of my way is when I tried to do the extra long wall jump, and I just failed horribly. And I, kept, I was doing a Across from B, B and X with a with one finger, so it was not fun, and I got clobbered. So I switched it up, and I did a little bit better, but I still got clobbered by by him. I was not very good at that. There's, in my opinion, for the Japanese differences, you can really play either one. I mean, to be honest, I don't think anybody I know really plays Mega Man for the story. It's the the game experience. I mean, if you really want, you can just look it up the story on Wikipedia after you play it. It's pretty much pretty much even on Japanese, I couldn't find a difference when I played. In my opinion, on with Chaz, though, the music is definitely better on the SNES, but I'm also a fanboy for its sound chip, so what am I gonna do? But besides that, yeah, that's really all I have to say about the game. I really wish I could be better at it, but like I said, I'm gonna take Dave and Chaz's advice, and hopefully they can coach me, all Rocky style.
5: Yeah, well, like I mentioned in the video, I'm pretty sure I went into it. i like to be descriptive if I can, but the reason I go to the Rhino first is because that drill horn, his weapon, opens up a lot of areas to get you the rest of the items you need. So you take him out first, that's a lot less backtracking you have to worry about.
4: It's kind of like Metal Blade on Mega Man 2. It works on like 90% of the enemies.
5: Yeah, pretty much.
0: I gotcha. So he's the easiest though, so if I can't beat him, I gotta just get better?
5: Well, if you saw the, the gimmick I was exploiting with Blizzard Buffalo, he's the easiest. Because you saw that goof that I was exploiting, right? A little bit. Yeah, when you're fighting Blizzard Buffalo, when you have him on the left side against the wall, when he turns around to look at you, if you try to air dash directly upwards, the AI, by mistake, thinks you're going to jump over him. So Blizzard Buffalo just keeps butting his face over to the left, and he just keeps hitting the wall, and you can just keep smacking him with charging shots.
0: Cool. I'll have to yeah. lose that exploit, and maybe I can actually get further in the game. <laughs> yes, Speedrunners do that, so there's no shame in it. want to move on to our last game on our list, which is, of course, Mega Man/Rock Man slash Rockman. X4.
4: So, I played this game two days ago for the first time, and I think it's fantastic. This, and this more than X3, is really one of the reasons that I want to actually revisit the series now. That I realize that I'm seriously missing out having not played through all of these Compared to X3, this was the full-screen, new-generation, super-fancy-looking adult Mega Man, you know? And it's it's definitely time for a revisit at this point. But as far as actual knowledge of the game, yeah, I've seen it for all of about
0: an hour. Wow. That's your first experience with that game? <laughs> yeah. Man, you missed out big time. That was one of my favorite Mega Man games growing up.
4: Like I said, I put a lot of time into the NES ones. I... Yeah, no, I need to. I need to revisit the X series at this point.
0: You'll have a blast, except with X three. But I imagine you're you're probably really good, so you won't be like me and be a scrub. All right, Chaz, what are your thoughts on the uh, Mega Man X four?
5: That game is a real adrenaline rush. That is that game is a, a huge energizer for me. Again, my same buddy who was a Mega Man dope, he grew up on X four, so he played a lot of it as a kid, and he got really good at it. Yeah, X4 for me is, as you can imagine, if you watch my playthrough, is uh, is a real rush. I I don't know if you can notice, but I actually pun intended, unintended, (laughs) unintended pun. You got me there. That game is a a, a real pleasure, a real pleasure to experience. As you noticed in my in my in my playthrough, uh, I cranked the volume a bit because my god, that music!
0: Oh Oh, man, I love X4's music, especially that that first stage. That music! Oh, it gets me pumped. (laughs) probably my fi- I mean they're all really good
5: tracks on their own right probably the one that pumps me the most is Jet Stingray oh yeah and, ju- and just that fast paced music while moving on a fast paced jet ski on an auto scroller it's just it's you know it's just a-, a needle going into your arm and just all the way in it's lightning through your veins
2: <laughs> yeah man it's really interesting to me that you guys feel that way because the composer for that game was the arranger of X3 which you weren't super into. Yeah, but that's
5: I did not know that. That's actually funny. Maybe because instead of an arrangement, it was an original composition,
0: which yeah, is what allowed I mean, me to appreciate it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, she probably had a lot more freedom with the soundtrack compared to the last game, where it's like, oh, well, you got to rearrange this from this, from a old sound chip on a Super Nintendo. They got, like, the full Redbook audio experience. It's like... um it's like going from a 4-track to like a 16-track. Going from uh, Rubber Soul to Sgt. Pepper's. It opens up big time.
5: Or Pyromania to Hysteria.
0: oh uh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh yeah. It's all rock and roll on this one. <laughs>
5: that's, kind of, that's the kind of music Mega Man likes. But, um... Shh.
0: But, uh... Kate, could you give us a little bit more info on the, the differences between Rockman X4 and uh, Mega Man X4? I know there's a little bit, right?
3: There are at least two versions of Rockman X4... That were released in Japan. The first one is a standard edition, just your standard single with CD case. But the interesting one, the limited edition, actually came with a model of Rockman's Power Armor. And I myself have been looking for that one at a decent price for some time now.
0: So is this like a little figurine or is it like actual Power Armor you put on your body?
3: That's a little figurine. Um, you know, it's like a snap-together model. And so, I guess technically there are three versions of Rockman X4, right? There's your standard edition, you have your special limited pack, which had the power armor, and then you had your Satakure, you know, greatest of hits version. So it's actually one of the more common ones to be able to pick up in Japan, you know, or, or you know uh, on import. And Is that what Satakure means? Uh, best hits or best seller? It was like Saturn Collection or something, and uh, Peter okay. would know better.
1: Yes, Satakori is sort of like the greatest hits or player's choice version of certain Saturn titles, and that's Japan
3: only.
0: Gotcha, cool. Uh, what about you, Claire? What are your thoughts on uh, X4?
2: Yeah, so perhaps the most interesting thing to me about this game is that it's one that people always cite or reference whenever they make the claim that the Saturn couldn't do transparencies. Because when you go into the first stage right off the bat you see those searchlights with the mesh texture rather than like the transparent effect that you have on the PS1 and (laughs) it just kind of strikes me because you know as we do know the Saturn is capable of doing transparent effects but I see footage of this game popping up all over the place on YouTube whenever usually Sony diehards are railing against Saturn ports of games. But yeah, as for the actual style of the game, I think it's beautiful. Um, the animation really impressed me. And it really makes X3 look kind of glaringly like a Super Nintendo game. Whenever you compare like 8 and X4 to X3, I just can't get into the latter. So I really appreciate what they did with the sprite animation.
1: Came I have virtually zero experience with. I'll echo what Claire said. The very first thing I noticed were the searchlights right off the hop that didn't have the you know the transparencies and immediately it was a groan because it you know i could i could just see the arguments so oh, you know that we can do transparencies on playstation not on saturn i've got to give the game more time before i can sort of formulate an opinion but you know so far, so good. Uh, one thing that I have noticed right off the hop too was that bit of a darker, more serious Mega Man game as compared to Eight, whereas Eight seemed more, much more of a—I don't want to say childlike because I don't think the game was aimed at children, obviously—but it seemed much more sort of lighthearted anime style. Whereas this one did seem, you know, so far it seems you know more serious and and darker to me.
0: Yeah, definitely, it has a—it definitely has a darker tone than Mega Man Eight for sure. Just the other ones in the series, that, uh, especially some of the the death scenes in there are pretty uh, yeesh.
5: Yeah, yeah, I, can, I, can, I, w- I didn't even think of that, which can be uh, a little bit uh, morbid for, for kids to see. But you know what? If I saw X4 when I was a little kid, I would have loved it. I would have been all over it.
0: In terms of my experiences, like I was saying earlier, it was the first Mega Man game I ever really owned. So I got that with a PS1 along with Siphon Filter for Christmas in 2001. Yeah, I'm a late bloomer, I know. <laughs> like I said, I think it has god-awful VA work. Second worst to Mega Man 8. But it has cheesy enough where it has funny memes to it, unlike 8. And where that's why I sort of rank it a little bit higher. But not by much, per se. Just a little bit little bit more high. Uh, difficulty isn't that bad. I didn't really have a hard time with it. Like, like the bosses I maybe had to play once or twice, but I never had to continue from the beginning i really prefer zero to mega man x as i think i love his sword abilities and for some reason i find myself playing a lot easier to play him than x i don't know if anybody else noticed that as well or maybe you had the the reverse thoughts on that
5: my buddy uh, who i've mentioned more than once he almost always plays a zero he loves him
0: yeah zero is the best
5: i can't play
4: zero to save my life but i think that's So many hours of playing somebody who can jump and shoot instead of I'm going to go stab you to death.
5: I would argue that Zero is more technical than X is.
4: It could be. And honestly, it could just be uh, I've stuck in the mindset. I think Zero is freaking amazing. But me personally playing it, I'm trash with Zero. Yeah. Yeah, I get it.
0: I just found that really funny. Like, I'm really good with Zero in both uh, X4 and 5, but I can't play Mega Man X to save my life. And I always thought that was really funny hearing that people, people thought Zero was harder. But I guess it's just who you play, right?
5: Play style can also affect that as well.
0: I got you. Yeah, that's my thinking as well. Because I'm, I'm all of like of up and close melee, beat the crap out of stuff. I guess with people that play Mega Man a lot more than I did, where I started off in X4, maybe it's just a different mentality. But yeah, uh, I guess to finish it off, I like I said before, I prefer the Japanese version of Rockman X4 to Mega Man X4 specifically for the voice acting, as I think it reaches the tone of a lot more serious game than... The USVA work, where it sounds like a serious character rather than a, uh, a squeaky kid. And also found it really funny that the voice acting between a Zero on the actual game versus the voice acting of the cutscenes are completely different. I don't know if you guys noticed that as well, but I always thought that was kind of funny.
1: It's not too late. Stop the coop now. If that's your decision,
5: prepare yourself. <laughs> 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 I always I always played it in English. I never heard the Japanese voices.
0: Oh No, I meant in English, it's different. So the, the English voice acting for the cutscenes versus the game are like drastically different. Oh, okay. So they kind of messed up on that one, but like I said, I prefer Rockman X, but yeah, in terms of that, uh, I think that's about it. Oh yeah, also yeah. one other thing i like to add is that each boss, before they start, there's voice acting in X4, but in the in Rockman X4, there's voice acting, but and Mega Man X4, there's
2: none. Alright,
3: so with that, we uh, we conclude the mainline Mega Man games uh, and Rockman games, and it's time for Saturn Obscura, also known as the Obscure Game of the Cast. This episode, our obscure game of the cast, is Super Adventure rockman Man.
0: Before the stream, we actually were watching it watching it together and oh man, was it so much fun watching that. I had a blast and I hope Peter did too. We were MSTing it watching that so we thought it was really funny. So for you guys that don't know, the game is a FMV based game like uh, Dragon's Lair. So you have different paths that you can navigate based on what you do and there's different lines that you can make Mega Man say. And whatever you decide could affect the game, either negatively or positively. So you lead to a right path or a wrong path, which leads to the end of the game, which, which kills roll and the earth blows up. Yeah, we were going through it, and as you can tell, it's really hard to play in Japanese. It's a FMV-based game, everything's in Japanese, so it makes it near impossible to know what to say or what's going on. So a lot of us had to resort to watching it and with subtitles to know exactly what's going on in this FMV both peter and i watched the fmv and it was hilarious especially when he fires his main buster he does this movement where he goes it it like he joins his arm and the camera zooms into his eyeball and that animation repeats like 25 times i don't know if any of you guys also noticed that
1: yeah that was hilarious every single time you could almost just predict oh he's about to shoot it and then yep we get the zoom in right into his eyeball and yeah, I mean, you know, I can understand it in a way because, you know, there's only so much space on a disc for, for video and, and such, but it was pretty hilarious the way that it repeated all the time. Another line that he constantly said that you and I noticed, uh, Pat, was he always thanked his little bird. He kept saying, Arigato, Beat. And he just said that over and over to the point where, you know, when the two of we us were it. watching. <laughs> yeah, we could call it ahead, and it, you know, ahead of it happening. So I thought that was hilarious.
2: Arigato, Beat! <laughs>
1: And, you know, I'll agree with you on the the Japanese bit. So, you know, I'm just starting to learn Japanese myself. And uh, even though we obviously had it subbed, I was trying to listen to the Japanese to see if it was going at a relatively good clip. And they were speaking, you know, somewhat fast. So I was able to pick up some of the words and you could kind of get the meaning in some situations. But this definitely isn't for non-Japanese speaking people, firstly. And secondly... Suited for beginning Japanese speakers, so you definitely have to know the language to be able to get it uh, without the English subtitles. So there's definitely that.
0: It was hilarious to watch that one, and we ha- and we had a blast. Uh, one of the funny things I noticed is that he gets all these different add-ons, but all he uses constantly is his Mega Buster. I don't know if maybe if you guys were able to do different weapons or something in different videos show, but he collects like all their abilities. All he uses is X Buster. Constantly.
4: So you know in some of the other the older games there's actually categories for the speedruns called Buster Only. Maybe that's what Mega Man was doing.
0: I was thinking the same thing watching, it's like, man, maybe he's a speed runner, he just wants to do Buster only. But he used a lot of energy tanks, so I don't know if that'll affect his uh speed running.
2: Guys, you're being so harsh on poor Mega Man here. He he just wants to have his little F and adventure. I thought it was quite wholesome. Except for the part where when you fail, the earth blows up and Roll dies. And I think in one scenario, Dr. Light dies and he just comes back and finds them and he's like screaming in horror. So that part wasn't so wholesome. And I guess neither was the part where the people were all possessed by the supercomputer and killing each other as blood flies at the camera. That, so was that, the, was, uh,
0: that was the yeah. the thing where it's like back in time where they found... What was the thing called? It was called Raw Ra Machine yes. or something, Raw God? Yeah,
2: the Raw Moon.
0: Raw Moon. They say it like five million times, Raw Moon.
2: Yeah, but yeah, so what were your thoughts on it? That, that was a bit off, <laughs> like for the, the tone of the rest of the series. No, I thought it was kind of cute. Obviously, not much use in trying to play the game yourself if you don't know Japanese. But in defense of his megabuster over and over into the eye thing, in, like, the actual game version, that's the transition to the shooter sequences. So it's kind of like the, you know how the Final Fantasy games have, like, a swoosh on the screen when you go into a battle? That's what they were aiming for there, I believe. As far as the actual gameplay, kind of leaves a lot to be desired, in my opinion. It seems like one of those things that would be fun if it was a light gun game, but with the controller, it's just really awkward, and I failed a lot, and I blew up the world, and Roll died, and I just repeated that a whole bunch of times, and yeah, that was my experience.
1: Wholesome experience, really.
0: Yep. Yeah. I also liked how there was so much cursing in it. Like, I always heard, like, man say Yaro or something, which is a uh, bastard in Japanese.
2: Yeah, the funny thing about that is the director of the Mega Man series apparently has kind of disowned this game like in various interviews since it's a release he spoke out about the violent content in the game and you know said that's not what we were aiming for this was a mistake basically so even he's a little bit iffy on super adventure
0: it was one super adventure though i have to i have to say even though it didn't make a really great game the amv was amazing i had a lot of fun watching it, at least with peter I don't know how you guys felt.
5: I'm actually looking at it right now on YouTube, just so I can probably add something to the conversation, but is it just me, or does Mega Man kind of look like Bart
0: Simpson? I think that's just I- Inafune's drawing of it, because I-, I watched interviews with him drawing Mega Man, and it's sort of that sort of drawing of Mega that portrayal of it. So I think so that's it's just not the ju- style.
5: Okay, so it's not just me then. I'm not crazy.
0: No, no, it's just Inafune's style. He... It's kind of weird how closely, because a lot of different people did Mega Man over the years, but it seemed like they just went with the Inafune model that he did for the first box art in Japan for Mega Man 1.
5: It's not really uh, its not really critical that I'm being. I mean, I'm looking at it, and I definitely see Mega Man, but I'm somehow seeing Bart Simpson on his face there. And maybe it's just because I've been watching Simpsons clips as of late. I don't know. I just not have a I, cow, guess man. I, yeah, I guess I just have Bart and Homer on the mind.
4: If you just <laughs> drew Dr. Light strangling Mega Man, maybe that
5: might work.
0: Oh, man, can we get some fan art requests, please?
5: Oh, my God, I would love that. That would be that would be the best.
0: <laughs> All right, so I'll just do the plug right now. If you guys would like to send us fan art, especially that, send it to contact at segasaturnshiro.com or directly to me, Patrick, at segasaturnshiro.com so I can look at it and laugh and post it on the Facebook groups. Uh, going forward, I, okay, I know this had a really rocky... Production schedule and production of the game itself, as in the manufacturing of the disc. Could you go a little bit into that and tell us what the trouble was with it?
3: Yeah, so it started off with a kind of being Capcom's cash in on Mega Man. This was at a, a time that Capcom was interested in licensing out, you know, the Mega Man IP. Uh, well, Rockman IP, and you know, just letting anyone do something with it. Kind of, if you think of the uh, CDI titles for the Legend of Zelda or the Mario titles, you know, on the CDI also. So it had a completely different production team and director. And right towards the end of the creation process, the original director left, completely dropped out. So Inafune had to take over to finish the game. And uh, he's like, it's already been mentioned. He's gone on record as apologizing for it. Doesn't think that it's very good. Maybe the worst in the original Mega Man series. Talking about, you know, what you're hinting at the disc production. There is an error on the original version for the Saturn. It's actually kind of an interesting error. If you take certain paths, you will end up having a corrupted audio and video experience. I have not been able to play it myself far enough to get into the the path that causes it, but I do have an original version of this. The original version of the game is listed as T1225G. And because of that error, it was recalled about three months later, it was put out as a reissue under T1241G. So if anyone's keeping score at home, both of them are double disc CDs, but... If you look at the side of the the artwork on the case, you'll actually be able to see that catalog number. Another interesting thing about it, the original recalled version has the exact same data tracks, according to Fireball from the Redump project, as the re, uh, non-recalled version. So it's kind of an interesting little bug that's happened. Very little information about the bug itself. Another interesting side fact about it is that the recall for the recall version T1225G, that catalog number was actually supposed to be reserved for Dungeons and Dragons collection with the RAM cart. So it was a mistake in the process, you know, like the uh, production on the disc itself, and it was a mistake on what catalog number was used. In any case, because of the recall. Capcom would allow you to send in the old version, the recalled version, and they would send you free the fixed version. However, you know, that's supposed to have made it the recalled version much more difficult to find and obtain. At this point in time, both versions are going for about the same amount of money. It's about $100 to $200, depending on condition. And despite it being kind of like a the black sheep of the original Mega Man series, it's getting up there in price.
0: I'm surprised. I I guess maybe just that n- the notoriety and just the controversy of it might be one of the reasons why it's going so high. That's well, also
3: a, like a it's a Mega Man game, right, so
0: Fair enough. Every Mega Man game must be at least a hundred dollars plus its requirement. For sure.
3: But that's all I've got on Super Adventure Rockman.
0: Gotcha. Thanks, Kay. That was really interesting info. Yeah. I never knew it was that Rocky, so not only was it oh, Rocky oh, oh. I made a pun, didn't I? Yeah. Ugh, sorry about that. <laughs> so, with that, uh, do we have any final thoughts before we go to our verdict of buy or don't buy? I-, I will do a verdict. I will say that
3: this is worth watching. I don't know that it's necessarily worth playing or trying to own. So, burn it, don't buy it.
0: I agree. It- it's a fun. It's fun, especially some of the shooting sections. But if you don't know Japanese, you're just going to be stumbling through. And you won't really know what's going on. If you really, really want to experience and play it, if you maybe just memorize it or keep like a little sheet with what they're saying next to you, then yeah, I think you'd probably enjoy it. But I'm definitely with Kayla. You should probably burn it rather than buy it.
1: Yeah, I'll agree with all that. You know, unless you're a Japanese speaker or just a Mega Man collector, this really isn't... It's not a regular Mega Man game, it's definitely a fun sort of show or experience, but it's not really a game like the other ones
0: are. Alright guys, so that's the end of our cast today. We thank our guests Chaz and David for coming on and talking with us about Mega Man and their amazing skills at it. Before we go, we'd like to plug a couple things. I'd like to plug our Shiro video at E3. So Ben and I had a chance to go to E3 and record some great footage, get interviews with two of the voice actors from Shenmue, and of course the interview with Adam Korolik from Figure It Out Productions. And we had a really great time. I think the best part of it was the card karaoke. Uh, we didn't add that in, but we'll see if we can get that as a bonus video soon. Uh, that was a lot of fun. But yeah, we had a great time. Uh, if you get a chance, check it out on our YouTube page, the E3 video.
2: Pat and I are back to doing Magic Night Earth every Saturday. Feel free to join us on Facebook as we make our way through the world. We're about halfway there, so we've still got lots of time. If you haven't joined us yet, or We're trying if to live you on have. a prayer. <laughs> yeah. We'd like to see you back. So, Chaz also has some streaming going on. Would you like to talk about that? Right, the uh, next streaming is going to be Mega Man
5: Eight or Rockman Eight. Apparently, uh, I've been requested to run the Japanese version, so that will come together. And that's going to happen. If I can get back to my calendar again, that's going to happen on September sixteenth. That's a Sunday. ...on 6pm Eastern Standard Time. For those of you who don't know already, if you've been uh, listening to my commentary, I've been, I'm in the process of moving, so all my stuff is boxed up, and so it's been a little hectic around here. So that's the next big thing for me, uh, running Rockman 8 on the 16th of September, Sunday, 6pm Eastern.
1: Okay, and then in terms of articles, you guys may have noticed that in the last four months or so, there haven't been any new articles that we have published... Well, that's set to change. We've just published a translations article, a nice look at how this one game actually ended up with two official English translations. And just rest assured that during this four-month drought that we've had, I've actually been uh, busy writing and working away on a variety of articles. So we're going to get back to having a very steady stream of articles pop up in the future. So look forward to that. And Claire, if you, you wanted to chat about uh, the Facebook group.
2: Yeah, so the best place to find all of our content is either on our Facebook page or our Facebook group. If you prefer to discuss with other fans of the Saturn or interact with us... The Sega Saturn Shiro group is the best place to do that. How about okay. the store, Pat?
0: Alright, so... I'd like to pose a scenario. Have you ever looked in the mirror... Look at your shirt and thought... Man, this shirt just isn't working for me. It's just not matching my style. It's not working with my outfit. And I'm not looking great. Well, we're here to change that. We have scientists working hard at the Shiro Labs... To come up with the best shirts of all time. And it's scientifically proven that your attractiveness jumps up an extra 20, no, 20, no, 50%. You are 50% more attractive wearing Sega Saturn Shiro shirts. So I ask you, check out our store at Shiro.threadless.com, buy some shirts, and you know what? We also have mugs. And you know what? That's also scientifically proven to keep your coffee 20% hotter. Guaranteed. No money back. guarantee. So if you want to look the best and be the best, go buy some merch at the Sega Saturn Shiro Threadless store. Our
3: Shiro coffee mugs are sure to kick your A. And guys, remember to send us your commentary. We love hearing from our fans, all three of you now, I think there might be. Uh, you can, we're up to four. We're up to four?
0: Yeah, wow. I don't know. Okay,
3: Um but send your uh, comments, questions, show ideas to contact at segasaturnshiro.com or leave us a post in our Facebook group or on our Facebook page. We're going to ask, though, that our fans you know, and our community members not try to message us personally. There has been some inappropriate content that has been sent to us. We do want to answer all of our fans, and not, we're not always available through those messenger programs. So if you do have a question, make sure to uh, send it to our email address or go ahead and send it to our group or our page. And like always, we thank you. Um, one such question I'd like to pose to you all. What is your Sega Saturn personal holy grail? Go ahead and think about that question. We'll post it up in our Facebook groups and pass it along as well to our contact at SegaSatonshiro.com. The last thing that uh, we wanted to close our show out with um, tonight is the passing of a personal friend of mine, Don Russell, who I've known for a number of years, seven some odd years now, at least he lost his battle to cancer about a month or so back. And he, He was a huge friend of the Saturn community and a very big fan of the Saturn itself. And I have had the honor of knowing him both as one of my customers and as one of my friends. First meeting him at the Portland Retro Gaming Expo uh, several years ago. He had gotten in contact with me last year about dumping a lot of uh, Sega Saturn betas and unreleased games. And he was actually the person who allowed us at Sega Saturn Shiro to release, uh, you know, leak the unreleased game Armed. And there will be many more coming. Crime Patrol was released, and I think we're going to be doing Bedlam as well, plus a lot of others. There'll be a a joint memorial tribute to him and his legacy of unreleased uh, and beta Saturn games. I'm gonna just on a very personal note. When Don announced that he had cancer um, around uh, late March or April this year, it actually struck a very personal note for me because he and I had similar ailments. And watching him go through what he did, you know, continue surviving, keeping a very uh, positive and upbeat you know attitude about the entire thing you know, it was actually very inspiring. He's had a, a lot of health issues and it was a wake-up call for me, you know, because uh, I had not been taking very good care of my health. Um, it's actually part of the reason why we had been on such a long hiatus uh, for a while is that I took some some time away trying to become a, a better father and trying to be healthier um, so that you know, I wouldn't be dead in five years from the disease that I've got. And so I, I actually owe him a, a great deal of gratitude. And I'm going to miss him very much. He, the, the saddest part about this is that he would have never been able to hear our podcast because um, he was deaf. But maybe somewhere, you know, somehow he knows that, yeah, I love the man. He was He was a great guy. And I'm... I'm very sorry that he's gone, but I want to thank uh, my other Shiros for giving me the opportunity to uh, say this, and I want to send our condolences um, to his family. I know that he would want us all to continue playing Sega Saturn.
2: Good night, everyone.